I'm not pulling out of my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work Coronavirus Edition. So what I've been doing for these, because I'm recording them at home, is I had the opportunity to have guests on, which are a little harder to do in my car. So today, I have the VP of Magic, Bill Rose. So Bill, say hi. Uh, hello, Magic fans. <laughs> so Bill and I have worked together a long, long time. Um, you started three weeks, three weeks before me. Yeah, 25 years. Um, okay, so we're going to go back to the very beginning, Bill, because you start very early. You've been playing Magic longer than almost anybody. So, yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> throw out a weird claim here. There's only a handful of people who started before me. I think I'm the the person in the world who's played long Magic the longest consistently. Like I've never taken a break from Magic. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. that, might, that, that quite might be true. Yeah. Okay, so like, let, go ahead. Let's talk about you starting. So, I mean, I, I I know this, but the audience doesn't know this. So, how did you start playing Magic? I started playing Magic because uh, I was a friend of Richard Garfield. Uh, we played bridge together, of all things. Um, Richard came to UPenn and joined the bridge club that I was playing in, and he's a gamer and I'm a gamer, and we just started playing with. My friends and Richard's friends, we all just started playing games together. Uh, I think uh, I think like Robo Rally was one that we would test. Richard always had a game for us to test. And then one day he came back and he had an early version of Magic. I mean, the first version of Magic was one deck of cards that both players drew from, and it was five colors. Like it was miserable. Um, you know, you could have a hand of black cards and you've drawn 20 land but none of them are a swamp and it was just like it was chaotic but that only lasted a couple of weeks um and, and before he got to each person having their own deck so that's how i got in i was like one of the original play testers okay so t talk about that talk about like when we say alpha we don't mean the published alpha we mean the play test alpha what was that like um so it was interesting like we had these cards that were um, maybe a quarter of the size of original cards mm -hmm. that Richard handmade. So they were cardboard, right? Would help them. They were, there was your, in fact, he used, I mean, he used art from D and D he used art from the Calvin and Hobbes comics, but he had these little handmade cards. And if you think the rules were complicated now, like back then, like counter spell would just say, you know, spell fizzles and you'd be like, okay, we'll just, kind of work around it um but cards were really limited then like even commons like you just you know if richard printed up 500 cards for a play test that's all the cards that existed in the world so you know if you wanted another common grizzly bear you had to go out and trade for it so how many cards did you get when you like that, that first when he gave cards to you a deck i don't remember if it was 50 or 60 but like you had this deck of cards that was given to you it was a five color deck it was like it was like the original starter decks like you mm. were given this deck of cards and you had to just trade like it was a mess you you had a few extra cards but you know you just had to go out and and trade and and, and like the original starter decks like you could be given a deck that had like a sarah angel or you could be given a deck that had a crawl worm and like you just hope you got the deck Sarah Angel. So do you remember what the first deck you built was? For me, like I've always so 
not exactly. Um, there, wa there was a lot of people that tended to blue um, just for sort of the illusion. So I, I kind of never played a blue deck just because the cards were so much more valuable to trade. Mm -hmm. I typically would play either white or green mixed with black and red, right? Sort of like creatures and kill. Okay. I mean, it was a more limited environment, right? So, you know, and it's hard, like, um, though I do remember one guy, Dave Petty, mm -hmm. building the land destruction deck back when, uh, you know, he had sinkholes and I think stone rain and originally only cost three. Yeah. You just go sinkhole, sinkhole, stone rain of like you're on turns two, three, and four, and game was over. Um, but that's what got stone rain to cost four. <laughs> well, stone rain alpha cost three. Or three. Right. So it might have cost then, two, and then they changed it to three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. we had some. Yeah, there were some crazy things. I mean, look, originally um, all the boons, which were like giant growth, healing sab, lightning bolt, uh, Brains, what, uh, what is the... Uh, Healing salve, uh, giant growth, ancestral, ancestral recall. Ancestral, yeah, that yeah. was common. Yeah. <laughs> they were all common. Like, it was like these booms. And it was yeah. like, gain three life or draw three cards. That there, That's even. <laughs> so you can imagine when you opened up your deck, you were looking like, which common boon did I get? <laughs> like, for the love of God, don't give me healing salve. Yeah. Okay, so you guys, how long did you play test? Like, how long did, did the play test portion last? Play test portion, well, it lasted probably a year. But then uh, quickly, like, after Richard sort of locked down Alpha, half of the group went to play test um, Ice Age. And the other half of the group build and play test Ice Age, and the other half of the group went to build and play test Mirage. Yeah. So I sort of went from Alpha play test to Mirage play test seamlessly. And, and Mirage and Visions were kind of all one thing, right? Yes. Whether I mean it was Mirage Visions, Weatherlight, and. But most of what they know is Weatherlight. You guys didn't. That that was a separate team mostly, right? Yeah, I mean it was right. I mean you worked on the Weatherlight. It was. Yeah. There, I mean, obviously, I worked on the weather light, so there was this through line. But originally, um, and and to be honest with you, at the very original concept, mm -hmm. both Ice Age and Mirage were not concept with concepted with visions or alliance. Okay, okay. Um, it was, but but you know, early you know halfway through the design, it was like, oh, we'll do an expansion. So start thinking about how you do an expansion. Um, but yeah. It was, you know, the whole thing of Mirage was, uh, it was an interesting, I mean, we, we just started from scratch. Well, here, I'll tell you an original idea. I'll tell you something I don't know if most people know. The idea behind Weatherlight and Mirage was that magic would, that Alpha would be retired and that Ice Age would become the only way that you played. Like, you just throw away or put away your cards and that these sets would come out. And... In that, because of that, Ice Age had a lot of repeats from Alpha in its very early design because it was meant to replace Alpha. It was more like the way we used to do core sets, like this one retires the other one. Um, and Mirage never never really did that because we 
by the time we were into like the heavy design of Mirage, we had already realized that once, you know, no magic cards will ever get retired everywhere. Right, because uh, Raven Knights was going to have a different back originally, right? In that world. Yes. Well, Raven, well no. Uh, yes and no. Um, Ice Age was really going to get in a, a, a different back. Mm-hmm. And that we were deciding what to do with the sets between. You know, I've had, well, you've been involved in this. We've talked about not necessarily a different back, but updating and changing the back of Magic cards for for uh, 25 years. Like, what does Deckmaster mean? Yeah. Like, we could do, you know, it's like, you know, the deck, the back looks like it's 1995 and the front of the cards looks so cool. But, you know, I think... (laughs) I think the backs are here to stay forever, unless you're talking about digital. We have some really cool backs in Arena. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you were on the playtest team. Yes. When, when did you know that it was going to be made? At what point was it clearly being made? Uh, are you talking about Magic? Magic, yeah. talking about Mirage? M- magic. Um, you know, Richard at one point had to go out and, you know, sort of recruit funds I don't know that I was that involved. Like I just, I'm, I'm basically a, a a very positive person. So I just believed it was going to be made. I was not really, you know, involved in the logistics then, like I am now. And then Richard one day just sort of, um, I mean, this is this this is before uh, uh, before cell phones. So like he, you know, had to find you and tell you. Uh, but told us that, you know, they had reached a contract with Carta Monday and they were going to have a limited run. You know, we were wondering at first, like, could we, you know, could you sell the million boosters? Like, people just didn't know. Yeah. Like, we really didn't know. And it just blew your mind. Like, you know, oh, we're going to print a million cards. Well, that's a lot. I mean, well, it's actually not. <laughs> well, so, talk, so about a, we, talk about it coming out. So it magic so is it, coming so it out. Came out. Yeah. I mean, it came out in the stores and like it was just evaporated um but each of us on the playtest team was sent a display of alpha okay and we just sat at home one night and opened it up (laughs) (laughs) and you know it was fun because for us it was really seeing the cards like i mean it's like doing a playtest now well it was more than a playtest now because we had known a lot of the final names, right? Cause, mm-hmm. Because back then, even through Mirage, the designers named the cards. Yeah. We did everything but the art. Mm-hmm. So the names were finalized. So it was just really cool to see these cards that you played with no art or alternate art, what they look like in their real form. It was just It was just fun to play with the cards. But in some ways, like when Alpha came out, we were we had been play, we had been playing alpha for months because we had the the final playtest cards yeah so that's pretty interesting you know and it was just it was like this crazy thing where you know we were wondering well you know like we were wondering would magic last long enough for us to publish mirage like that was a question that we talked about in in the design team like okay like we talked to some of our design because we said like we're going to do a lot of work here to put the set together. And we just wanted everybody on the design team to know there's some chance that like we do all this work and the set never gets published because we don't know what's going to happen for magic. So we just wanted to let people know, like, 
You know, you may do three work, three years work of design work and the set never gets published because magic's not here. So obviously you look back at that and you're like, (laughs) that's just crazy talk. Well, we didn't know. You didn't know. You just didn't. I mean, but that just sort of goes you to your mindset. Like, you know, people were like, can we sell a million boosters? Will magic be here in two years? Like these were real conversations at the time. And then you look at them back now and you're like, how, how naive were we? <laughs> okay, so what is, your fir- what is the story of your first interaction with seeing Magic being a hit? Like, wh- what was your first sort of like interacting with people or players? Like, what was your first kind of like, oh my God, this is a hit story? I mean, the first, to me, it was more, um, it was less about interaction and more about going to the store and trying to buy cards, and they're like, "No, we're out." <laughs> so you go to the because we already had a we already had a display. So yeah. like you're playing with it, you're doing things. Yeah. You go to the store, and you're like, "We'd like to buy another display," and they're like, "We're out." So you go to another store, and like they're out. And then you talk to Richard, and he's like, "Yeah, we're trying to do another print run." And then I know, like, it's I didn't know it was going to be the mega hit that it is today, but like I knew I knew at that stage that Mirage would be published. <laughs> okay, so how do you go from being a playtester to being a Wizards of the Coast employee? Okay, so this, so I, I, this, if you want to go into crazy story time, this will give you a crazy story. So one of the other ways, so as it turns out, um, you know, I, I knew, I was very good friends with Richard's first wife, Lily. Right. So and that's sort of how we got connected. And then I was also friends with uh, and and my design lead design partner with Joel Mick. And, uh, you know, Joel and I are 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 really good friends. And we were we were friends from uh, college. So I got a lot of Joel stories, but this is a rich <laughs> story. So um, anyway, Joel was. Joel Joel had already joined Wizards of the Coast, as well as Richard and Dave uh, Scaff and Jim Lynn. And I was friends with Scaff and and Jim, but I mean, not not like I'm good friends with them now. Back then, I wasn't, you know, we, we didn't know each other all that well. And anyway, Joel called me up and actually he called me up to take over to come in and lead the design of Mirage. Right. He just like come in and we were Wizards of the Coast had a lot of creativity back in the early 90s and not a lot of business sense. Right. And I have a business degree and I had been managing, a, you know, a multimillion dollar budget. So that's really why he came. He, he got me to come in. The interesting story is I fly in for my interview and like Joel's supposed to lead the interview and he calls me the day before and he says, I'm not going to be there that week. I'm not going to be there. So other people are going to interview you. I'm like, okay. So I come in on like a Wednesday night or Thursday night. I forget which one. And I'm there through the weekend. I spend, you know, two days at the office. I know people I'm hanging out with my friends, going to dinner with them. Fly back home. Joel calls me on Monday morning and says, how did the interviews go? And I said, nobody interviewed me. 
<laughs> so that just gives you the insight. So like a month later, I fly back. I actually have my interviews. They offer me a job and I come out and here I am. I originally came out. I was just going to stay for a year or two and, you know, do Mirage and maybe a little bit more and go home. But, you know, I uh, like I fell in love with magic. I, you know, instantly when I played it, even though when I played my first game of magic, it was miserable. Like <laughs> the lands didn't work. You were you stumbled over the rules because you had rules interactions that Richard would go. Ah, I have no idea. Um, but I loved it. Like I knew instantly, like as clunky. I mean, it was almost like playing a digital game nowadays that crashes all the time. Like you play the game and it's crashing and you hate it for crashing, but you know, it's this wonderful game that you need to make better. And that's what magic was to me. And when I came out to wizards of the coast after a year, I was like, I really like the people. I love the mission. I just want to, you know, I just want to stay And like you, I'm, you know, I'm here like I, you know, I kind of, you know, dedicated a lot of my life to making magic better. So, so real quickly, fill the audience in and then we'll go on. Um, I often call us the second wave. So like R&D had a bunch of people, mostly early playtesters and stuff. You actually didn't come oh. out with, with Scaff and Jim and some of the early playtesters. No. And a bunch of them decided they wanted to make other games. So they hired a bunch of people to be the people who would do magic. And it was yes. me and you and William Jockish and Mike, Mike Elliott. Yeah. Um, Mike, yeah. yeah. And the four of us, like, there was a period of time where we were the development team. That Every set we did. We were, yes. <laughs> we were the design and development team, for good or bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, you know, um, yeah. It was a very interesting period. Um, and how we designed, I mean, nowadays, like, Mark, if you and I went back and, you know, just told all the new people in the office how we, uh, you know, first developed Ravnica and some of these things, like, they would just blow their mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we is, just, we did, yeah. we did <laughs> crazy stuff. Well, it's funny that I go back and I think about what I would have thought. Right, go back 25 years and just pitch things we actually did. And yeah, they would have sounded crazy. But, uh, yeah. so. but who knows? Like, maybe some of the crazy things we did in the first five years will come back. Yeah. Some of the stuff keeps coming back. Yeah, yeah things return. Okay, so, uh, so you and I get hired in the fall of 1995. October um, 95. Yeah, October 95. You, you started early October. I started late October in 1995. I got the last computer. You did. I, I had no desk or computer for a while because Joel saved you your I, desk. Um, I remember you were, there was like this uh, period, November and December, because we were moving to the new building in January. Yeah. Where you had no desk or a computer and you had to like run around and borrow. Right. I had to use people's computers when they weren't using their computer. I mean, right, you think about it today, it's like you don't have your own computer. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, I was. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay, so what, when you think back to the early days, so that, that, that period, the period of me, you, William, and, and, and Mike, what is, your, what, what is your memory of that time period? Like, what do you remember? Um, you know, I just, uh, you, you, me, and, and this goes with Scaff and Joel and Jim, we argued a lot, but in a good way. Like we, all of us enjoyed arguing. So 
and I know like with Scaff, like I could have screaming matches with Scaff and somebody would come by and think like these guys hated each other and this was this toxic work environment. And after the argument, like Scaff and I just loved it. Like we just <laughs> like it was and, and we truly like we argued like it, we, we, we didn't like put the other person down. We just argued our ideas. So there was this very interesting environment where we just did these things. And then the argue, the other thing I remember from arguments with cards and negotiations, I remember uh, offering to buy William pizza for lunch if he voted for me on a topic in a design meeting. And Scott was so annoyed. Like, we were like, can you imagine that? Like, we have a two to two tie, but William, if you change your vote and vote for me, I'll buy you pizza for lunch. And he was like, done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could remember what I won in the cards that happened. That the other interesting story I'll tell you is we would remember we would go through before final editing. We would go through the card sets card by card with the whole team. Yeah. And it would take us like 12 hours. Yes. I mean, it was just crazy. And to make it to, to, and I thought, okay, one of the things I'll do to make it better, I'm like, you're only allowed three, you're only allowed to stop three times. You can have three complaints with the card set. Because this was after months and months of play testing. So I said to everybody, you've got three times where you can stop the group, we'll listen to you, um, we'll, we'll, you know, but like, it's all going to be important. And Scaff, and, you know, we used to go through color. We do white, then we do blue, then, you know, we go and move our color. And we do, like, white common, white uncommon, white rare, blue common, so on. We didn't get through white common, and Scaff used all of his three. And he was like, <laughs> we got to white uncommon, and Scaff's like, I got a problem. And I'm like, you used your three. <laughs> and then we argued about that for an hour. So, anyway, it was pretty fun. Like, it was, you know, it was... It was a good time. Like, we really didn't know what we were doing. Everybody got along. You know, like, we were, like, working, you know, working till 11 o'clock at night was not uncommon at all. Like, in on some of those periods. And, like, we hung out together. It was, like, it was a really fun time. It was a really fun time. I, I, I look back at those days very fondly. And I also look back at those days and I'm like, Good God, how did we not destroy this game? We had no clue of what we're doing when I look at it towards today's standards. Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny when you look back to me at the old times. It, it, We've learned a lot over the years, but back then we just didn't know because we hadn't done it. And there's a lot of us sort of figuring out as it went along. I'll say this. If you look at magic in like five-year periods... Like, take Alpha, take a set five years later, go five years, five years, five years. You see a giant step forward in the quality of the product. Um, from the gameplay to the art to the story to the names to draft. Like, every part of the, the, the game takes a, a, a leap forward. And, like, that's one of the things I'm most proud of, of, you know, what what the Wizards you know, team has done over the years. The, and not just, you know, me or my direct team or R&D, but it's like it is the entirety of Wizards that is just better, um, even like from a production. Like every other 
TCG has its production based on what Magic pioneered in the early days. Yeah. Like we are. So and that and that, you know, makes me very I'm very proud of what Wizards as a family has accomplished. Okay, so I'm going to go through your career a little bit here. So at some point, so when you first got there, Joel was sort of a head designer developer. It was one role at the time. Uh, And then Joel Mm -hmm. went to become the brand manager of Magic, right? Yeah, like here's in some weird, like it was this weird thing where Joel was never in R&D. He was always like this, he was always in the business marketing person. I mean, Joel's a lawyer by train, by training. Um, And back then we really didn't have a lead designer position um, because we, we, we were so independent by set by set. Like nobody was really thinking about all of magic. People were thinking about Mirage or Ice Age. Yeah. So when I came in, right, I probably, this is probably with, um, you leading Tempest Mm -hmm. is when I would say the lead designer of magic really developed because, Back then, I was leading Magic as a whole, but clearly you were leading that set. Like, mm-hmm. I was leading how's Tempest going to plug into all of Magic? What are we going to do after Tempest? Right. So, so you spent some period of time as the, the head designer, head developer, were inside a condensed into one role in the early days. And you, you yeah, had that prob- role. Probably to like 2002. 2003 in December. <laughs> okay. Well, I think like my, I think like in. You became VP in like 2002 and no, you just. I, I became a VP. Um, when did you become VP? Well, I became VP, but I stayed in Magic in like 97. Okay. But in 2002, we had a major rework. Okay. And I took over a lot of, I started, I think 2002, I started taking over a lot of more business oriented ideas. And that's when, like at the, like in August of 2002, that happened. And that's when we started to, I'd say like for the next year was sort of redesign the the structure of R&D. And then part of that was to hand off the lead designer role. Right. I, I know for the period of time you were trying to sort of do both things and it was just clear you couldn't do both things. Yeah. And it was just figuring out like, I mean, when we had a major reorg in August of 2002 and I didn't really have I, I knew before the average person did, but I didn't like I didn't get to plan. So like 2003 mm-hmm. was a lot of planning. So that's what and that's where then I turned the reins over to you. And at the time, I guess. Where was Randy in all of this? Well, like R- Randy was my boss at the time. He was the director of Magic, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was taking, I took over uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Like until in July of two thousand and two, I the the only th- I I played Dungeons and Dragons uh, in college and I enjoyed it, but like I was just some scrub player who played. And then in August of two thousand and two, it was like Bill, you. You have the the Dungeons and Dragons team now. I mean, I never. I'm I'm a magic designer in my history. I'm not a D and D designer, but yeah. you know, obviously, I guess my D and the 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 accomplishment I'm most proud of of D and D is while I never 
I did. I don't take. I take zero design credit for fifth edition, but um, I created the environment that we could do fifth edition. Yeah, that's like that was my bit, and then and then D and D went off to be on its own great studio. So that's and, my little D and D excursion on the Magic Podcast. Okay, so basically, since then, I mean, you you've been the VP of R and D. So since you're saying late ninety. 97, I became, I mean, I mean, keep in mind, um, you know, VPs back then were a dime a dozen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like Peter was like, oh, we'll make you a VP. <laughs> um, I don't know what, like, a court, I, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, so really where, where I'm going and it sort of like connects my business, my, my, my pre-magic love, like I, I, I understand design and I love design, but really where I look is like connecting the business. And, you know, since the, you know, the early aughts, I've been more focused on where magic's going to be three years from now than where it is now. Yeah. Right. Like I would say like right now I am much more focused on the 2022 products than I am on the 2020 or 2021 products. Completely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, like you and I partner on a lot of things, Mark. Yeah. Well, one one of the things that's interesting when people talk about sort of influence on magic, I'm the public face, so people know I've had a big influence on magic. But one of the things I want to point out is, uh, I think you and I are the the two people that just have had the largest influence. I mean, part of it we've both been there for 25 years, but yeah. um, that I yeah. I think one of the reasons it's a fun to interview you, I don't think people realize sort of how much you've done for magic behind the scenes. Um. Right. Some, some I have been referred to as like the star. My Star Wars character is the Emperor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, there's a lot. Um, yeah, I'm quietly behind the scenes, but you know, we're um, obviously there's nothing that magic does. Every everything good that you've seen with magic, I've had my hand in. And everything bad that's happened with magic, I've also had my hand in, so good or bad. But, you know, as I said, like everything, you know, everything moves forward. At the end of the day, like, I'm a gamer. Um, I love all games. I really love card games. Um, and I really love magic. And, you know, my mission is to make magic better. Whatever, whatever that means. So it looks, uh, I'm about to get to my den. Uh, it looks like our time is up because I'm, I'm almost there. Uh, but I, I want to thank you. Um, like I said, uh, for people that don't really know, uh, Bill has had more influence on magic than, than, I mean, I'm the only person that even rivals Bill with the amount of input on magic. So uh, I, I might have been more front-facing than Bill, but Bill's been behind the scenes doing a lot, a lot of stuff. Sixth edition rules and all sorts of things you might not know that Bill had his hand <laughs> yeah, in. I tried to do that. That was a mess. Hey, I want to leave with one thing, a uh, little Easter egg. For if you take a look at 2019 and 2018, Magic had a lot of positive surprises that our fans loved and things that people thought we would never do. Um, so the puzzle for people to figure out is, I think in. I think over the next 18 months, there's as many cool new innovations as we've had in the last 18 months. So try to figure out what they are. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff coming your way. A so lot. <laughs> I, I tell when I have the distributor conference, um, you know, and I sit there, I told the distributors, 
we're going to blow your mind once again. The last two distributor conferences, we've blew your mind. The next two, we're going to blow your mind once again. So, okay. Stuff. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being, being hey, on the podcast. I, I enjoyed. Uh, but anyway, guys, I'm, I'm at my den. So we all know that means, means this is the end of my drive to work. So instead okay. of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So thank you, Bill. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.